Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. My guest today is Bobby Fraser, who played basketball at the University of North Carolina from 2005 to 2009, then played professionally overseas and currently coaches at Brother Rice High School. Bobby, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, Bobby, you grew up in Blue Island, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. And you have three older sisters. Was that tough being the only boy? Uh, they would tell you I was spoiled. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't think it was tough. Uh, you know, being being the baby and being the only boy definitely uh, had its perks. But uh, but no, it was it was it was fun growing up with uh, three older sisters. Obviously, they, athletics was a huge part of their life. So I got to, to look up to them and learn a lot from them. But they also uh, gave me a lot of perspective on things and. Uh, you know, still, still very, very close with all three of them. That's great. Yeah, a few of your sisters ended up playing collegiate volleyball. Yeah, one at uh, Northern Illinois and then one at Western Michigan. So I grew up, uh, you know, going to college games and, and seeing campuses and rivalries and stuff and, and absolutely loved it. So it was, uh, it was a fun childhood for me. That's awesome. Now, your father, Bob, was a longtime high school basketball coach at Eisenhower High School. Did you get into basketball through him? Yeah, definitely. I was. Uh, I grew up going, tagging along to his practices, being the ball boy at all the games, just dribbling under the basket, um, you know, during warm-ups and stuff, being in the locker room at halftime. Um, so that was definitely, you know, the one who introduced me to basketball. Then, obviously, I was pretty good at it, so that you know, made me fall in love with it even more. Uh, so uh, I was very, very fortunate to have a, a dad who was a high school basketball coach where I get, you know, had free access to a gym anytime I wanted. Nice. And your cousin is Jason Fraser, who pitched in the major leagues. He had quite a long career. Are you close with him? Yeah. Uh, I'm not extremely close, but we, uh, so his dad is my godfather. Um, and, and again, I grew up, you know, he was at Oak Forest High School. He was a really good basketball player as well. And he went to Southern Illinois and had to have the whole Tommy John surgery and then just, you know, worked his tail off to rehab and get it back. And I remember going to double A games when he was with the, I don't know if there's the Western Michigan Whitecaps or whatever team he was with there. And then, you know, he got the call up and uh, was with Detroit for a little bit. And I think he still has the uh, most appearances ever for Toronto. Spent most of his career in Toronto. Uh, actually got to win a World Series with the Royals. Um, so he had, yeah, he, I think he did 12, 13 years or something like that in, in, the, in the big leagues, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, but, he, yeah, he's living in Florida now with his family, uh, so I don't see him a ton, but I text every now and then. Nice. Good for him. And now, did yeah. you have to root for whatever team he was on? Um, yes and no. I mean, it wasn't like the, I'm, a, I'm a big White Sox fan, and he actually played on the White Sox like a half a season. But, nice. uh, you know, it wasn't like he it wasn't like the Blue Jays where he was rival of us. So I, I had, a you know, a Jason Fraser jersey. Um, obviously, not many people, unless you're a diehard baseball fan, knew who he was. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was always fun root for. So White Sox over Cubs. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the whole South side, North side thing. So, so growing up on the South side, um, I was fortunate. My parents were White Sox fans, you know, it's easy to get to the games there. And, and obviously all this, all the North siders, that's the more, the, the yuppie crowd, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a little different clientele up there, but I'm, I was proud, proud White Sox fan. I was fortunate enough in 2005, uh, that fall was my freshman year at Carolina. Coach Williams let me fly back to Chicago after practice. I uh, got to go to game one of the World Series with my dad, uh, which was an unbelievable experience. So, uh, 
you know, I always have, I always have that memory of the White Sox winning the World Series. Then. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like a great memory to have. Yeah. Now, did you play any baseball or any other sports while you were growing up? I did, yeah. I played baseball probably up until, you know, I was 12 years old. Like, I played in all the Little League, and, uh, you know, I was a good athlete, a big kid. I could, all I would do is throw a fastball, and I wasn't very controlling uh, of it. I would hit kids. I'd strike a ton of kids out, but then I'd hit four kids in a game, walk and run. But <laughs> I loved it up until 12, but then I, I, I really, really fell in love with basketball around that time. Decided on my own that that's what I wanted to concentrate on. Nice. So that's sort of when you got into AAU basketball. Yeah, uh, that's probably when it started. Like obviously up until then, you're probably just playing most locally, and uh, but then you start going to Wisconsin and traveling to Indiana and seeing other teams and other you know kids in different competition and you know seeing how good kids really are. And so that's when uh, you know I really wanted to to make it a goal of mine to to play at a high level and see how see how good I could get. And the Chicago area has a lot of great basketball players, so I bet your team was loaded. Yeah, so I was on uh, Perennial Power back then with the Illinois Warriors. I played on their their team for a couple years, and then in eighth grade, I switched over to the Illinois Wolves, which is is now a big, big time program here. Uh, You know, Evan Turner, he was a national player there. Frank Kaminsky, they're just a couple guys that have played for the Wolves and have gone on to big things in college and the NBA, but uh, our team uh, was one of the first teams myself, Brian Mullen, now the head coach of Southern Illinois. Uh, we, had, we had a pretty good team, and his dad, is the, uh, he runs the whole organization. So it was just cool to be one of the, one of the early, early teams in, the, in that whole success story that, of the Illinois Wolves. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, for high school, you attend Brother Rice, a private Catholic school in Chicago. I'd love to know, though, was it ever an option to attend Eisenhower, where your dad coached? Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, I grew up as an eighth grader going to practice, practicing with their team. And I knew all the guys, but um, my three older sisters, they all went to the all-girls private school. Um, I had gone to kindergarten through eighth grade at a private school. It was kind of, I don't know, ingrained in me that that's kind of what I was going to do. I definitely looked at Eisenhower, but uh, when the time came to make the decision, you know, I I went to Brother Ice and, uh, you know, things things worked out well and, uh, you know, loved the experience I had there and the friends that I've made there and the education I got there. So it was uh, you know, a great four years. Yeah, it seems like you made the right decision. Did Brother Rice ever play Eisenhower? Never when I was a player. So my freshman year, um, I was up on varsity. They pulled me up to varsity just to practice at the end of the year. And uh, that's when uh, it was a regional championship game. You know, close game. Brother Rice ends up winning at Brother Rice. I'm, like, sitting there, you know, it was probably one of the worst experiences of my life outside of like losing a family member or something like that. But like you sit there and your dad's on the other bench. And, like I knew all those guys, those are the guys I grew up playing with. Like I'm almost cheering for eyes an hour to win. <laughs> and so then after the game, I remember, you know, I'm a 14, 15 year old kid as a freshman, like just bawling my eyes out after the game in the locker room after brother rice won. But it was just a very, uh, you know, uncomfortable experience. Uh, but that's just, just, uh, I guess the relationship I had with my dad and those guys, so it was hard to do. Yeah, uh, that's that's a unique experience. But totally, did your dad talk totally. to you after the game? Was everything okay? <laughs> yeah, obviously he gave me a hug. And, you know, told me he loved me, and you know, I do. Uh, you know, hard to hear that, and I was, I was not in a good spot at that time. But obviously, I was very happy at Brother Rice with like you know the experience I was having. It's just you know you never want to go against your dad. I'd say yeah, you know, of in, course in a competitive not. environment like that. Yeah. 
but you had a great career there. You were the Catholic League Player of the Year, three-time All-Conference, and two-time All-State. You also got an early taste of the Duke-Carolina rivalry because you played against John Shire in high school. Yeah, yeah, I played against him. Uh, would have been my last game, actually, the downstate Elite Eight. Um, threw them in the first round and or of, of that of the Elite Eight, and then they ended up going on the win state tournament that year. But uh, he got the best of us there, but then we – you know, we got the best of him in college for, you know, three years that we played against each other then. But uh, he's obviously had an amazing career, a great player, a national champion in his own right, doing a ton of great things now on staff at Duke. But, uh, yeah, high school, uh, had a good career and had a lot of fun. You actually had the Glenbrook point guard on the podcast, Sean Wallace, a couple, I guess, months ago yeah, now. Yeah, I know, I know Sean from uh, just some Chicago basketball circles, and he's a great pay too. Nice. You're also a McDonald's All-American, so you played for the West squad. What was that experience like playing in that game? Oh, it was awesome. Like, it, I was, I was kind of mad that, you know, like the year after, year before, something like, you know, the McDonald's team used to travel around and go to different cities, and like one year it was in San Diego, and, you know, we got to go to beautiful South Bend, Indiana, so I didn't have to <laughs> travel far from Chicago, but uh, I would have liked to uh, – in a different city, but it was it was super super cool, you know, to be a part of that. Whatever, twenty four, twenty five guys or so that that are McDonald's All Americans and have the dunk contest and the three point contest, uh, you know, are things that I'll, I'll never forget. And that's actually where I got to meet Tyler Hansbro, who was then my roommate for four years at, at Carolina. Um, you know, I, I still have that back in you know two thousand five when people were still taking pictures and printing out pictures and stuff like that. So I had a ton of ton of funny photos and. Uh, pictures and stuff from some of the events we had. We had nice dinners where we had to wear tuxes and stuff like that. So we, it was an awesome experience. Glad I got to play in the game and, uh, you know, something I'll remember forever. That's great. Now, did you compete in the dunk contest or the three-point contest? Uh, I was definitely down the dunk contest. <laughs> I, I was in the three-point three contest. I didn't fare very well. I think uh, Mario Chalmers uh, ended up winning. Uh, he went to Kansas and obviously won a title with the Heat. Uh, on the big three with Dwayne Wade and them. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I remember. That. Nice. He, he, he hit a big three in college as well. Good for him. He did against Memphis. Yeah, Memphis should have won the national set. We lost them in semis that year in the Final Four. Uh, and then Memphis had them beat. Couldn't make a free throw down the stretch. And he had the obviously massive, massive three to send it to overtime. And they ended up going on the win. Yeah, that was a great game. Now, what was the recruiting process like for you? Because you were obviously a sought-after recruit if you're in the All-American game. Yeah, I was. Uh, so I remember getting my first offer after my sophomore year of high school. The uh, Paul, I think every kid you know is going to remember their first college offer. Um, but then I was being recruited locally by by them. Marquette, Coach Green was on me pretty good. Uh, Michigan State was in the mix. Some other Wisconsin, other local the the mid the Midwest schools, and then. Uh, Going into my senior year, I went down to Houston for a AAU tournament um, and played against D.J. Miles, uh, who ended up going straight to the NBA. And Coach Williams was at the game to recruit him uh, to recruit D.J. Miles. And I absolutely like went off that game, couldn't miss, hand on the ball, uh, hit like a step back three to win the game in overtime. Wow. Um, and so then the rest of the tournament, Coach Williams followed me around, did that all of our game. Uh, ended up offering me a scholarship after that tournament. That was, you know, it's called April. Um, I go down to Chapel Hill for a tournament in, in May, end of May, early June, visit the campus, see them, and then you know, I committed 
uh, in early June. And I had taken an official visit to Marquette. I went out to Stanford. Uh, you know, that was an amazing experience in their campus. Uh, and, but it's funny because their coach had left and took a NBA coaching staff. Mike Montgomery left the day before my visit. So they didn't have a coach when I was out. Still really, really cool to see the campus. But uh, obviously, once North Carolina came calling, as a basketball fan growing up and going to Final Fours and stuff, uh, it's just a, a, just a cut above some of the other schools. And you know, I had dreams of playing in Final Fours, and I thought that was going to be my best opportunity. And obviously, I was fortunate enough to, to be a part of a couple and play a national championship. Yeah, it's hard to say no to UNC. Were you always a yeah, Carolina not, yeah. fan? No, no, no. I was definitely a Dookie uh, wow. growing up, unfortunately. Yeah, because you know, I'm trying to think why, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I went to the Duke basketball camp when I was in eighth grade. Uh, my dad was a, a counselor down there. That was my eighth grade graduation gift. Um, so I got to go to camp. I got Mike Dunleavy's autograph, Shane Battier. I just had, when they won the national title in 2001. Um, and I remember playing down there, but I don't know when I fell out of being a Duke fan. Like I remember oh three or oh four, like not being like a huge Duke fan anymore. But uh but again it was an easy easy decision when Carolina came a calling and now I, I definitely uh do not like uh Duke. So it's uh Yeah it'd be weird <laughs> if you did. Circle, I guess. Oh yeah, yes, it would be very, very weird. I don't think there's many many uh that that go with both sides. <laughs> Yeah, the recruiting class you were in was amazing. It was yourself, Danny Green, Tyler Hansborough, Marcus Ginyer. Like, what a great class. Yeah, it was, and then obviously all great dudes, too. Like, that's one of the things Coach Williams recruits good people. Uh, those are, you know, three guys that, you know, I could call or text or pick up if I needed something to this day and we still, still stay in touch. Uh, and so it, we were very fortunate and unique, too, to then stay in college together for four years. You know, so many guys now come in. You're there for a year or one guy's there for two years and then you leave and you meet new guys but we came in together you know lived together for four years uh have some amazing stories have a lot of fun and you know to have the take an extra step every year in the tournament is pretty cool too and so uh very very fortunate and i think it's very very you know unique to, to have you know teammates like that for four years especially at north carolina <laughs> yeah and that's great that you guys still keep in touch i think that's awesome yeah, doing the Snapchat, Marco Polo's, Instagram, text, group text, all that, all that fun stuff that, that all the kids are doing these days. <laughs> now, the year before you got to UNC, they won the title in 2005. Just wondering, did you attend the Final Four? Yeah, I was down there. Uh, I was down in St. Louis. So it was an easy trip. Um, I was down there. I remember Tyler, he came over from, uh, he's from Papa Bluff, Missouri, so he drove over with his dad. Um, it was really, really fun to see. Obviously, I have a ton of Illinois uh, people at Brother Rice and, you know, just being from Chicago, everyone's an Illinois fan. So it was, it was cool to, to have some bragging rights over them and, and still in the state, like Illinois, people that go to Illinois despise the University of North Carolina because that 2005 Illinois team was so good, so special. And, you know, they thought they should have won the national title that year, but that, that Carolina team pretty dang good too. Yeah. Yeah. Both teams are great. It was a great final. Yeah. When you get to Carolina, you play right away as a freshman in 2006. How was that transition from high school basketball to ACC basketball? Uh, it was eye-opening. Um, you know, obviously Raymond Felton was a junior when I committed. Figured, you know, I'd go, uh, you know, get my butt kicked by him, play behind him for a year. Uh, but he declares the NBA, the lottery pick. He goes, and then 
kind of just get thrown into the fire, um, having to start as a freshman and play as a freshman. But but even before you know the season started, I remember that that first summer on campus playing pickup games against guys, the returning players, and I remember going to the strength coach and was like, oh my god, like I need to you know I need to get faster, quicker, stronger, all that stuff. And I remember him telling me Rome wasn't built in a day, and 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 so it is. It was like, oh my god, these guys are so fast, strong, quick, good, like. Um, and even as a good player, as a McDonald's All-American, it's just a, a different speed uh, every level you go up. And so that was definitely the most uh, jarring thing to me. But, again, we got thrown in the fire, had to learn quickly, and I thought we had a pretty pretty good season and I had a pretty successful freshman year. So it was fun. Absolutely. Yeah, the team went 25-8, and eight, which is really great considering you guys were so young, as you said, with Raymond and a couple other players had left – early for the 2005, after the 2005 championship. And I believe Roy Williams won the national coach of the year that year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he talks about that being one of the most fun years he had. I think it, it was fun because nobody expected anything of us, you know, to lose Sean May, Ray, uh, Rashad McCann, uh, all these guys, Marvin Williams, uh, to lose them all to the NBA. Nobody really knew how good Tyler was going to be. He was an All-American as a freshman, and David Noel was fantastic senior. We had Wes Miller, now head coach. He had a great year, and Ray Taylor. There was just so many different guys that contributed, uh, and I think our the fans really appreciated how hard we played, and you know, it was really now turning into Coach Williams' players, whereas he won the national championship. Uh, you know, obviously it was someone who recruited uh, those other players, and so uh, it was a really, really fun year, and I, I look back at a lot of those games as some of my best memories uh, of college. And I have to think one of those great memories is going into Cameron Indoor for the last regular season game and getting the upset, ruining J.J. Reddick's senior night. Yeah, yeah, J.J. and Sheldon, I mean, they were number one in the country. He's putting up like 45 and he's scoring a ton of points, shooting, hitting all these threes. And they'd beaten us at home earlier in the year and he had 35 points on us. So uh, it was Outside of the national championship game, I tell everybody that's literally my favorite favorite game, and I probably watched that game more uh, than the national championship game. You know, I don't I don't go back and rewatch games much, but I'll, every every year when Duke Carolina you know rivalry games on, sometimes that game always comes up, and you know I always either DVR it or sit down and watch some of that game because that was a that was a fun one. Yeah, you hit hit some clutch three throws down the stretch in that game. Yeah, as uh, you know, and. It, I don't know. I don't know. I felt very confident at the time in being a two-point game or whatever, a three-point game with under a minute left, uh, you know, extend the lead back to, to four or five. And uh, it was a cool feeling. And, you know, I get a lot of it was being naive as a freshman and not realizing how big that moment was and stuff. But now you go back and you, and you, you know, look at some other experiences and seeing some people get tight in pressure situations. That was, uh, you know, cool to, to be able to come through. Absolutely. Can you talk about what it's like to play in that Carolina-Duke rivalry? It's uh, unlike anything else. You know, I've been to, whatever, Cup Stocks. I've been to San Diego Chargers Raiders. There's been to different events, different rivalry games. And, and uh, it, I think it's the best. Obviously, I'm biased. I think it's the best in all sports. It's better than the Yankees, Red Sox, like all that stuff. It's, you know, two schools that are so close that absolutely, absolutely hate each other. Uh, the fans don't really sit the entire game, both places, even in Smith Center where there's 22,000 people, you know, Cameron where there's 8,000 people, whatever, everyone can stand in the whole game. At Duke especially, they're on top of you. I tell all my friends, like, 
you know, if they can somehow do it or it's a, definitely a bucket list experience to get to Cameron to, to see that rivalry game. Um, and so it's, yeah, like I grew up watching the game. I think everyone around the country, if you're a college basketball fan, you watch, you watch Carolina do. Um, there's no doubt about it. Like you may not, may not be appointment TV to see Ohio State, Michigan or something when they're playing in football, but if you're a college basketball fan, Carolina Duke are playing, it seems like everybody's doing it. So uh, it was awesome, awesome playing, and uh, you know, I still watch to this day, and if I can get back and see some more of it, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. It's the best rivalry in sports. Yeah, yeah, hands down. And the schools are, as you said, really close. They're eight miles apart. So would you see some of the Duke players, you know, around the malls or restaurants in the area? Yeah, yeah, they're very, you know, obviously they're very close, different uh, clientele. It seems like everyone in Duke is from, you know, the Northeast, they're from Jersey or New York or Philly or something like that. Um, obviously, Carolina is a state school, so there's 85% kids are from North Carolina. But then, yeah, when it came to the basketball players, we never really did, like, open gyms or run stuff together like they did back in the day. But Chapel Hill is definitely uh, a lot more fun than Durham. Durham's actually a really cool town now, but... Uh, you know, back then they didn't have as many restaurants and, and, and the food scene, I guess, wasn't uh, happening as it is now. But so some of the guys would come over and go to our bars and hang out and stuff like that. But it was never uh, never contentious or anything like that. That's good. Yeah, at least, sure you guys play, have... at, least, at least when I played, we heard stories, you know, back in the 80s, stuff, fights, <laughs> things like that. But I think with social media and all that stuff that was kind of coming up as I was in college, that's definitely a different story. Yeah, and, you know, I'm sure you guys had mutual respect for each other. Yeah, and obviously with Wayne, you know, being friends with uh, our high school teammates, Gerald, uh, you know, I got to know McRoberts, Paulus a little bit at, at, at the uh, McDonald's game. I knew Sean Dockery from being from Chicago. So there was, you just, you just play against these guys so much growing up now, it, whether it's a, you know, a shoe camp or an AU tournament stuff, you seem to, to know them a lot better. Yeah, true. You guys end up losing to George Mason in the second round of the NCAA tournament your freshman year, which is actually the earliest exit of your career. So in the mm-hmm. next three years, you're going to do really well. Yeah, yeah. My, that, uh, I still remember that game in Dayton. You know, they beat Michigan State, so we're all, you know, big guys thinking, oh, we got an easier route to, to a Sweet 16 with a free seed. Uh, we're up like 12 to 1 or something like that to start the game. Uh, also, they're like starting point guards for the first half of the game. So we, we really liked their odds. We were up at half, um, and then we just – they played extremely well. They're obviously very well coached. You know, Coach Lernega is now at Miami. Um, they were a really talented team, too. A lot of those guys went on to have very successful careers overseas. Uh, so it wasn't like a bunch of no-names uh, beat us. But, uh, yeah, very you know unfortunate because if we won that, we would have played Wichita State. We would have been the higher seed and had a chance to then go to the Elite Eight. So, like – you know, maybe we we were looking too far ahead, but uh, but they beat us again. One of the one of the worst memories I have, Carolina. You know, after that game, played a ton, and you feel like you had a, a role in the loss. Which you could have done a couple things differently, but uh, something that we used to, to motivate us definitely moving forward. Yeah, but still, great season, and you make the ACC All Freshman Team. The ACC is probably one of the best conferences in basketball, so should be proud of that. Oh, very proud. Uh, and, you know, had a good freshman class. I think uh, Therese Rice was on that team. Tyler, obviously, was an All-American. He was on the team. McRoberts, Paul is probably those guys. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, very, very successful. At one point, I think it was leading the conference in assists. Uh, so it was it was a lot of fun, you know, to play that much as a freshman. I uh, still think I'm the only guy who – only freshman, I should say, who started every game uh, for Coach Williams at Carolina. 
Um, wow. So, it, you know, because he always goes on senior night, he normally starts all the seniors, but that year we didn't have, like, a senior point guard or anyone else to start, so I got to start where Tyler didn't, uh, things like that. So, it, so the stars have to align, I guess, a little bit uh, to, to get that start every game, but, um, you know, stayed healthy and, you know, had a really, really, really fun year. Yeah, wow, that's so interesting. And I love that he does that. And it doesn't matter if you guys are playing Duke or whoever, the lowest team in the ACC on senior night. He starts all those seniors. Amazing. All the exactly, walk yeah. I love yep. watching that. I, I, I pull that to, uh, I've done that now at, at school I'm at. And my dad yells at me because, you know, we only have eight minute quarters. So I start seniors that never really play. And then we're down six or ten points after two minutes of uh <laughs> Two minutes of the game, so. It's, uh, but it's it's it, it's a cool cool tradition that you know those guys get to play, and you know I've continued that for sure. Yeah, I think that's great that you do that because those kids are working hard too. They might not see as many minutes as the better players, but I think it's great that they get some recognition. Exactly. Exactly. 2007, expectations were much higher for UNC, and honestly, for the rest of your career, the Tar Heels are one of the top teams in the country. Yeah, for, so we brought in another insane recruiting class after us with Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington, Brandon Wright. Uh, you know, so then people had super, super high expectations for us the following year. And, you know, we lost, I think, more ACC games. Uh, it was just the chemistry, I guess, was we were still, everyone was still working it out. Um, but obviously we were had a very, very good year, won the ACC championship, uh, the tournament, I should say. Like we may have won the regular season too with a, with a worse record or I think like a five-way tie or something like that. But um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, great to play with Brandon Wright. He stayed for one year, went to the NBA. We didn't obviously end the year had we how we wanted. The whole year, obviously, you know, we're insanely talented, just very, very young. And I think, uh, you know, you need some experience to, to win in the like, tournament. And we're playing Georgetown. Uh, we're up six or so, well, I think we may have made up double digits like six minutes to go and up losing the game in overtime. I think Wayne had an off night. I don't know if Tyler shot a free throw, which is unheard of that game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it wasn't the ideal way to go. Uh, you know, we thought we could have could have beat them, and then to go to a Final Four would have been a lot of fun. But, uh, but again, I think that's the thing at Carolina is like you have an insanely successful year and people are disappointed. Um, and so that's just the expectations that, that have been uh, – you know, I've been there forever, and that's, you know, what the fans expect. But, uh, again, I'm still very, very proud of all, all that we accomplished that year. Yeah, great season. But, yeah, it has to be so tough to be only a few minutes away from a Final Four, and, you, you know, you get so close, but you end up falling short. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously to lose to a very good team, and had Jeff Green, who, you know, had a great NBA career, and uh, I believe Hibbert was probably on that team as well. Uh, so they had NBA players. Now we were losing, again, to – to some, to some bad players. We just didn't make enough plays down the stretch and, you know, uh, didn't make enough shots. Yeah. But that's why people, people love the answer. Yeah, exactly. And you actually had a foot injury this, that year. I think it happened early on and it was kind of lingering, right? Yeah. So I started the year starting, um, you know, at point guard and Ty was coming off the bench. Ty would have taken the starting job eventually. He's just that good. Um, but then at the preseason NIT in New York, uh, felt something weird in my foot. It was bothering me on the outside of my foot, got x-rayed. It's, you know, they're saying, Hey, there's nothing really broken. It could be a stress fracture. You can keep playing. It may break. We can put a screw in it. The screw may break, take time off and come back. Then it may still not work. So like there wasn't many good 
options for me. I, I elected to take some time off, try to rehab and do as much as I could health-wise uh, to make sure it was good. Came back, kind of aggravated again. It was never really just in the flow uh, of that whole year. I'd say going into that year was probably the most confident I was uh, as, my, in, as you know, a basketball player with my individual skills. And so I was really looking forward to the season. And then, you know, injuries are a part of sports, but, uh, you know, you wish them, wish no injury upon anybody. And, you know, to go through them and experience them and then to have the ACL my junior year, same thing, which is even a little worse. Um, but, uh, you know, made me a little bit tougher and, and had a little bit more perspective on how fortunate I was to be playing where I was. Absolutely. How hard was it when you came back? And, you know, as you said, Ty Lawson had taken your spot, so you were coming off the bench. Was that a hard adjustment? Uh, not really. You know, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, coachable, pretty play for the team. You know, there's a couple games I remember wanting to play more, and that was, you know, one of the first times to ever really have that thought, you know, because my whole life, even through freshman year, you're playing a ton of minutes, you're playing the whole game, and, and you're the guy finishing the game, starting the game. That's just how it's been. So that was really probably my first experience with, you know, coming off the bench and, and not being the man and, and things like that. And so, yeah, it takes a little bit of adjusting to, but it wasn't like, oh, how, what is this new role for me? I need to transfer, I need to leave. No, it's just kind of, all right, let's embrace that and, and do the best I can in this situation. And, yeah, it is a little harder to, to be in the flow of things if you're playing less, and that's true for anybody, but you gotta you got to do what you got to do. You're a great teammate. Yeah, and that's one thing I tell our players all the time now is, like, you know, if you want to get on the court, literally just do what you're asked. And so, you know, coaches were asking me to, to play defense and spell tie for four or five minutes a game or eight minutes a game or whatever it may be. Like, that's what I'm going to go do. And, and, you know, so it's an easy, easy thing I tell our players to they want to play, just listen to the coaches. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Great advice. This was also the season of the Hansborough-Henderson incident. I know you're good friends with Tyler Hansborough. What was your take on what happened? Uh, yeah, so I was on the court. I think I just missed a free throw where he then got the offensive rebound to then go to the free throw line. And so then I think he missed then the free throw when he was on the line, and that's when he got the offensive rebound again. And then he went up, and, and then the whole you know elbow and blood and everything happened. So obviously the first thing, you know, if I make my free throws, it doesn't happen. He makes his free throws, it doesn't happen. But... Uh, obviously when it happened, it, I didn't process, you know, quickly what had just happened. I, and so, um, you know, when he stands up and he's got blood all over, then it's kind of crazy. And so mm-hmm. I always joke around with people and, and, you know, let people know that I should have just started an all out brawl uh, right <laughs> after it happened. And then, you know, you know, a legend in North Carolina Duke basketball rivalry history that would show that clip, uh, ever, forever and ever. But. Uh, yeah, so Tyler obviously, you know, broke his nose. Henderson had to apologize to him. I don't know if he called him or wrote him a note or something. There was just a lot of a lot of stuff behind the scenes that, that went down. And, and, you know, Tyler had to wear the mask then for the rest of the season. Um, and so it was, it was definitely, uh, you know, an ugly event. But, uh, you know, I think both those guys are cordial now. Yeah. Yeah, I love when he, at one point during the season, he just took the mask off during the game and just threw it aside. Like, I'm not wearing this anymore. <laughs> Shows how yeah, tough he yeah. is. Yeah, I think that was an NCAA tournament against uh, Machine State. He, had, he wore it all throughout the AC tournament and wasn't a big fan of it. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, it was just kind of like a, a Superman type thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, your junior year, you kind of alluded to it with the ACL. It's a tough one for you because in December, you tear your ACL going for a steal against Nevada. Did you know mm-hmm. right away what happened? 
Uh, no, not at all. Like obviously I was in pain, you know, grabbing my, my knee. Um, but then I calmed down and walked off the court. I thought I was, you know, maybe I extended my knee a little bit or whatever and wasn't thinking the worst at all. But then went back in the training room, doctor did a test on me and told me that I had torn my ACL. And so there again, then I emotionally, and that's not what I wanted to hear. And, um, luckily my sisters were actually down there at the time, um, you know, visiting, coming to a game. So I had, I had some family that was there, but it was, uh, not, uh, not a night to, to remember and not a fun, a fun feeling, but, uh, but again, I'd, you know, to go through that and work through that's probably the hardest I've worked in, you know, six, six months to rehab that thing back to, to being even stronger than it was before. So, you know, anybody that has an ACL there now, I'm, you know, kind of have a, a soft spot for. Yeah. And unfortunately it happens so often, especially in basketball. Yeah. And like, obviously you see it more and more now. And, uh, again, just try to try to do everything with our players or people now that prevent it and have, you know, strong, strong muscles around the knee and make sure that, that not, no one has to experience it. But, but yeah, like you said, it is uh, it is pretty common, common knee injury. Yeah. Now as you're rehabbing, UNC goes on to the final four that year. Was it bittersweet mm-hmm. for you since you could only watch from the bench? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously you, you want to be out there. You want to be in the mix. I remember my first, uh, for after surgery, I'm doing rehab with our trainer and, uh, you know, I'm sitting in the training room while everyone else is all the coaches, the support staff, you know, of the players, everybody else is at practice. And like, that's where I want to be. That's what I love doing. And so I was just, uh, you know, it was, it was a hard, hard feeling to be sitting in this back room. I'm working on bending my knee, you know, stringing my leg while they're out there competing, playing basketball and having fun and doing all the things you want to be doing as a 21 year old kid. So, uh, yeah, it was it was hard, and then to, to make it that far and go to the national or you know final four, you know something that I dreamed of playing in, going to final fours with my dad any time they were in Indianapolis and stuff. Um, it was a little, you know, not depressing, but it was it it's just a little. You wanted to be out there with those guys, so yeah. So that was was a little challenging. Luckily for you, you though, you get another shot at a final four. Yeah, yeah. There not many not many people can say that, and not many people can say that they won their last, uh, last college game. So, um, yeah, I was very, very fortunate the next year to, to be able to get back there and had all those guys return. And obviously we were, you know, the perennial favorites from, from day one. And, uh, you know, we made, made all those, all those picks and all those, all those experts uh, sound smart when we, when we did win it. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone picked you guys. You guys were definitely on a mission that year. Yeah, we, we were very, you look back at that team and it's, it's, you know, Danny Green and Wayne Ellington and Ty was insane and Tyler was insane and then Dion was really good and we bring Ed Davis, Tyler Zeller off the bench and there's just so much firepower and then once we started guarding people at, at a high level that we 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 were blowing people out I think I think it was the closest game we had in the tournament was 12 points wow. um, and so uh, yeah it was a it was a fun run it was I have a buddy that uh, his dad would get so nervous that he wouldn't watch games. And he was in Detroit for the Final Four. Normally, he'd just, like, walk around the stadium. But, like, once we were up 22 at halftime or whatever, early in the first half, he sat down with a bucket of popcorn and said, this one's over, and he watched it with his son. So it's <laughs> funny, funny to be able to win some games like that. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. And also, you mentioned Tyler Zeller. I remember how unselfish he was because he, I think, broke his wrist early in the season and could have redshirted and had an opportunity to play another full season, but chose to come back during the tournament to basically ensure that you guys would win the title. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a great person. Um, 
you know, I think he wanted to play too, just like everybody else. And, and he probably knew he was going to have a chance to play in the NBA around day. So I don't know if he wanted to, to stay in college uh, an, another year, but, but yeah, once you're part of a team like that, you want to, you want to be able to play down the court and be in the mix. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad he was an awesome, awesome freshman to have, awesome talent to have. And it was fun to watch his career after that, but he was a great teammate. And I'm glad he got to, to be a part of it. That's awesome. You actually ruined my Final Four viewing party. We were at my brother's house. My dad went to Villanova, and, um, you know, they, oh. they made the Final Four, and it just, you guys yeah. blew them out. It wasn't even a game, so you ruined my yeah. party. Well, Villanova, they got a, a little bit of revenge later down the, down the road, but, uh, <laughs> That's but true. I'm glad we got to ruin that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, and I mean, Michigan State, another great team, but it really wasn't close. And as you said, not many people can say they played their last game winning a national title. I mean, how does that feel? The last time you put on that white and baby blue uniform, you got a champ. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I still remember that locker room and that feeling like, you know, that it's over. Like, one, you win, you're so happy. But then, two, like, hey, that, you know, that, that was it for, for Carolina. And so uh, a buddy of mine, Wes Miller, who I played with for two years, yeah, I remember him calling me after and, um, you know, in the locker room, like someone handed me the phone, like, oh, it's West, and like just talking to him about everything. And it was just such a, such a cool experience and cool feeling. And the celebration that night was amazing. And even in that locker room was awesome. But, uh, but yeah, very, very special and very, very fortunate to, to go out on top uh, your senior year. Now, I want to go back real quick to the year before that, where you had lost to Kansas in the Final Four because Roy Williams, okay. who had coached at Kansas prior to UNC, he stayed for that championship game between Memphis and Kansas, as we had talked about earlier, to support yeah. Kansas. Did he talk mm-hmm. to the team before he did that? And what did you guys think of that? No, I mean, I don't think we cared at all. Like, obviously, we love Coach Williams to death, and whatever he says is, is gold to us. But, uh, yeah, I think I think he stayed at the game for – I think there was a former player of his that may have been, still been on staff. And, and so that's what, kind of who he was supporting. And as he was on his way to the game, somebody handed him – it might have been, like, the chancellor or, you know, the governor or somebody from some higher up at Kansas handed him the sticker. And so, that, you know, he just put it on and – Again, I didn't think anything of it, but then talk me or the radio and all those shows they have to have something to talk about it and there was some drama and yeah, it went went nuts. But uh but yeah, as, as players I don't think I don't think we really cared. I honestly think it just showed how classy he is. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, like they absolutely hated him at Kansas when he left and you know, we played him and people were walking around with shirts that say Roy Who and <laughs> you know, they they hated hated Roy Williams for leaving and doing everything he did, but he obviously loved his time there and still has some amazing friends from there. But, uh, but yeah, he's just a, he's a, he's a class act all around. For sure. All right, Bobby, we have to talk about it. The infamous pool jumping incident. Do you want to explain <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, I guess April or May of 08, you know, it's the last day of classes, um, on campus. And so obviously, Parties everywhere. His frats are having parties. And, you know, Tyler had just announced, I think, that he was returning to school for his senior year that day. So we finished workouts that morning. Uh, it's the weekend for us. So we're like, well, let's go have some fun. And obviously, we're college kids. So you're, you're, you're having a good time, having, having a couple of drinks. And, and this pool was outside of the frat house all day. And people had been jumping off the balcony all day. So we're like, hey, let's go do it. <laughs> and Tyler's like, I'll do it if you do it. And so then I'm like, all right. So you know, somebody gives us some shorts, we change, we jump off of it. It's crazy how it took, you know, 
this is 2008 now, it took a week for that then to get circulated. Um, whereas if that, if that happened now, it's, you know, two Eight seconds, seconds. And it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it literally, so, you know, somebody took it from someone's Facebook and then sent it to a blog and then the blog went to all these radio stations and then, you know, ESPN, uh, they, they, you know, whatever, whatever show with, with Kornheiser, they, they talk about it. It was, it was just crazy how it, you know, kind of, you know, took off. And I remember coach Williams calling Tyler and I over and we're like, he's like, Hey, are you guys okay? And we're like, yeah, he's like, you know, just use better judgment next time. So, you know, he wasn't too, too mad, but, uh, it was, you know, it's funny that people still talk and ask about that, that story to this day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, personally, it's just college kids having fun. You know, I guess you could have technically gotten hurt. You were coming off an ACL injury, you know, Tyler Hansborough's going to be an NBA player one day. So I understand that argument, but at the end of the day, it's just kids having fun. D1 yeah. athletes don't get to experience a lot of that same fun that the regular just students get to experience. So I think I think it's cool when they get to have some of that. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta let your hair down sometimes, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And honestly, I mean, it's not like it was. A, I have to throw this out there. It wasn't a high roof. It wasn't that far of a jump. No, it was. Uh, you jump and you you know land, you're landing on your butt, and your butt may hit the bottom of the pool. But again, it, was, it wasn't like we're jumping off a roof here. Right? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. No. Now, since you had gotten hurt pretty early on in the season in 2008, could you have come back for a fifth year in 2010, or had you played over 40% of the games or whatever it is? Yeah, I, I, I tried to. We did. We petitioned. I think it was 30%, and I had mm. played in like 34% of our team's games. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was literally just right over the threshold. But, um, again, I tried to. Would have loved to, to stay at Chapel Hill as long as you can. My buddy Marcus did that. Uh, and so we would have, you know, gone out together. But, uh, but again, I, probably for the best that that didn't happen. And to, to go out as a, as a national champion was, was really cool. Yeah, it's a great way to go out. They could have used you on that 2010 squad, though. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't the best year. It wasn't the most, uh, you know, wasn't a normal Carolina team that year for sure. Um, but, uh, but, again, I love those guys. And obviously was cheering for Marcus and Ed and, all the other other guys that, that were teammates of mine. For sure. You end your career never having lost at Cameron Indoor. Just have to throw that out there. That's a great stat. Yeah, not a lot of, I think it's like Tim Duncan and whoever else was on that Wake Forest team. Uh, you know, myself, Danny Green, Tyler. Now I didn't play my junior year, so everybody, I don't technically have four appearances over there, whereas Tyler and Danny do. Um, but again, it, I to say I was six and two against Duke and four and zero at Cameron is, is pretty cool uh, to have told that over all the Dukies that, that I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, after you graduate North Carolina, you spent two years overseas as a professional basketball player. Tell me about that experience. Yeah, so I, I was in Bulgaria my first year. Um, you know, loved it. Was living in Sofia, the capital city, a million people, tons of restaurants, uh, bars you know, culture, there was just, there was just a lot to do. It was, it was a fun, fun experience. We won a couple championships. Um, I was getting paid in cash. Um, so I thought, I thought I was like a millionaire as a, as a 22, 23 year old kid out of college. Um, and so it was, it, we, I had a blast. I'm really glad I did it. I got to see a lot of different parts of Eastern Europe and Serbia and Romania and Montenegro and 
uh, Macedonia. It was it was it was kind of cool to to see some of these countries that you probably normally wouldn't uh, wouldn't visit. And my second year signed a better deal to play in Cyprus, uh, which sounded awesome to play in this this island and you know in the Mediterranean and had this beautiful water and then, you know beach towns on the coast and so. Uh, everything sounded great, but then the experience wasn't good. Once I was there, the team started paying us late and then ended up stopped paying us. So I got four months of my, of my pay when I stayed for seven, uh, of my seven month contract. At one point we were on strike. We wouldn't practice, but then we would show up to games and we would lose the games because like, so then they would get more mad at us for losing. And it was just a terrible situation. Uh, uh, and you know, it kind of soured me on the whole playing professionally and playing overseas thing. And so that's when I decided, you know, I didn't want to do it for a third year. But, uh, but again, met some, had some great teammates, met some really, really cool people, and, and were able to see some, some fun parts of the world. Yeah, that's cool that you had that experience. I have heard that the pay is dicey. Like, there's a lot of situations like you went through, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and especially, you know, I wasn't at the highest level. Like, Euro League is the best. And, you know, there's Spanish League and Italian. Like, there's some really, really good basketball leagues in the German League. But, you know, at the level, I was pretty really a step below that. Um, and so that's where it gets a little, uh, little speedy. Yeah. You returned to Chapel Hill in 2011 to be assistant video coordinator. How was it going from playing for Roy Williams to working under him? Yeah, it was pretty easy. Um, I, you know, knew kind of how he was, um, you know, temperament wise. Um, yeah, you know, it wasn't like a huge transition, you know, being the coach's son, I kind of grew up around the coach and wanted to at some point get, be a part, be a part of the basketball staff and have that, you know, experience. And so I knew that's the kind of the career arc I wanted to go with. And you know, I'm very fortunate that coach Williams gave me, you know, a job to, to get my foot in the door as an assistant video coordinator is being paid hourly, you know, at the time. So it was no money at all, but I, I was very fortunate. Tyler uh, Hansrow had a condo in Chapel Hill, so he's playing in the NBA. So I'm living in his condo for three. So I didn't, <laughs> you know, it was very, very fortunate for things like that to, to fall my way. But, uh, but no, it was a, a awesome experience, and that team probably should have won a national championship that year. You know, Kendall Marshall doesn't doesn't break his wrist in the, yeah. in the second round, uh, but uh, that, that was an absolutely absolutely loaded team that that coach had put together. It was a fun uh, to be a part of that. Yeah, that was a great year. Yeah, without that broken wrist, who knows? Definitely a possibility they could have won. Yeah. Duke was really good that year, too. They had some good battles. Yeah, yeah. They had, uh, you know, the win at Cameron that year. I remember that locker room being a lot of fun. Um, you know, I was filming up, up in the rafters or whatever the catwalks up up, up there uh, high at Cameron. So I remember running down after Britain back down to the locker room to celebrate with the guys. And so that was that was, a, that was a cool experience. Nice. Must have been hot up there. Yeah, and we, have, you know, we have to wear suits. You know, working for Coach, uh, you know, everybody, all the sports staff has to look the part, managers, everybody. So you're up there filming in, in a shirt and tie and jacket and you get a little steamy. After that, you move on to the University of Alabama, Birmingham, to be director of ops. How was that experience there? Uh, it was great. You know, uh, Coach Hass was an assistant coach at Carolina for my four years, and he gets the head job at UAB. So, um, you know, he takes me along as the director of basketball operations, and it was a great, great learning experience to learn all the ins and outs of, of the program and, and all the less glamorous things that, that you that you see at times, whether that be class schedules or booking travel or run camps or ordering gear for the team. And, um, you know, everybody, like, see the finished product and, and sometimes they don't like to see everything that 
else that goes into it. So it was really, really cool to do that for two years. Really fortunate that, that Coach Haas gave me that opportunity uh, to be a part of that staff. But then, um, you know, had a, I guess, a quarter-life crisis after that. I was, you know, didn't know if I wanted to, to do this for my, my career. And uh, so I, I took a corporate job after two years there in Birmingham. And Birmingham such a great town. I loved my time there. Uh, but then moved back to, to Raleigh, North Carolina, and, and got out of basketball for a year. But, um, but no, working for Coach Hass, he's probably one of the best coaches to work for in college basketball. He's just a very genuine uh, family guy who's, who's, who's a really good person to be around. And he's at Stanford now, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the head coach over at Stanford. Probably just finished his fourth year, maybe, uh, there. Um, and he's from Tahoe. He's from out west. I think that's an absolutely, absolutely perfect fit for him. And, and you know, he'll, he'll do really good things there. Yeah, not bad to live out in Palo Alto. Yeah, <laughs> it costs a little bit more, but a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. For sure. So you're now the head coach for your alma mater, Brother Rice. So how did you go from working a corporate job to getting back into basketball and specifically high school basketball? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I love Chicago. I knew I was going to be back here at some point. My whole family's here. Uh, I love the city. I love the food, uh, you know, everything, everything about it. And so in the back of my head, like, I was going to get back here at some point. But then uh, the head coaching job opened up at my high school. Um, and so, you know, I wasn't uh, obviously, like, in love with what I was doing. Um, you know, down down in Raleigh, but uh, you know, decided to, to take a stab for it. Interviewed, uh, was able to get the job, and you know, I've been here. Just finished my fifth year, so it's uh, wow. you know crazy. Didn't expect to, to be here this long. Don't know how long I, I will be here, but it's uh, you know, great kids, great people, and a great community. Uh, very supportive uh, fans and and um, you know administration and things like that. So it's it's a lot of fun to to work with the kids that, that we get at Brother Rice and to be able to, to coach them up. And how do you like coaching high school-aged boys? I think it's a lot of fun. I think these kids are very impressionable. I think, uh, you know, they're still maturing and figuring out, you know, the world and who they are. And so that they're, you, can, you can have a huge, huge impact on high school kids. You know, college kids, obviously, yeah, you can have some, some sort of impact for sure. Um, but so a lot of those guys are thinking, I'm going to play pro, I want to do this, I want to do this, where it's, you know, it's a little more, uh, I don't know, genuine or a little more impactful uh, on some of, the, some of the lessons and things you can instill in these kids. And you're a great role model for them. I mean, besides playing in North Carolina, just having adversity faced with injuries and being able to win a title – I'm jealous of those kids yeah, personally. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and hopefully, hopefully I can, you know, that some of that can rub off on these guys. And and I, it's not like I go up there and sit. Oh, when I played, I did this, and this happened. Like I don't want everything to be about my experiences. Everything should be. You know, there's so many different ways to learn, and whether them learning themselves, them watching a video on, you know, this player or this group of people or this life lesson. Like uh, we always try to you know, have a thought for the day or just to take that from Coach Smith who then gave it to Coach Williams and now he gives to our players. And just to have different views and different perspectives and different ways to think about things is, uh, I think, really, really important. And, you know, playing basketball can be a, a you know, catalyst for some of, some of their learning experiences, whether it be adversity or teamwork or hard work or accountability or dedication, you know, um, some of the, you know, I guess, values that you want to instill in kids. I think it's a, it's a great, great feature for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Team sports, you, you learn all of that. 
Totally. And, and that's going to then carry over into your, you know, your relationships, into your, your work life, your professional life. And, and so hopefully that's, that's the biggest thing is that, you know, 20 years down the road, I've coached, you know, whatever, five teams now. So I have five graduating classes. Uh, first group is now just graduating college and, you, and you're hoping at some point that, that they're still good people and, and, you know, working hard and being good members of, of society. Absolutely. I hear you're very mild mannered on the sideline. You're not like Bob Knight out there screaming at kids. Yeah, I've gotten worse probably over the years. <laughs> when I first when I first got back, I wanted to Brad Stevens at, at Butler and, and not show much emotion. But uh, you know, the more you you see these the high school reps, and the more you get comfortable on the sideline, you probably do yell a little bit more. You, know, you say a couple extra swear words where you, where you don't normally do that in the first year. But, but yeah, I don't want the kids to, to have a fear uh, of me. I want them to, to be able to play free and have fun and, and, and know what we expect of them, but I want them to, to, to play loose for sure. That's good. Yeah, there's nothing worse than a kid going into the game and fearing that they're going to make a mistake. You don't want that at all. Right, yeah. If they're looking over their shoulder, they're not playing to their to their potential. Absolutely. Have you implemented any plays you learned at North Carolina? Yeah, yeah. We still run some of the same same actions. Obviously, uh, as a coach, as a you know person, everybody grows and learns and, and figures out what works for them. You know, I I can't be Coach Williams, and I think every I think everybody that coaches for him tries to be. Their, their first year out, you know, it's, this is what worked for Carolina is going to work for me here. And, and it's not the case. Like you have to adapt, you have to do different things. And, and uh, you know, you, you try to learn and grow and, and get better every year. And, you know, hopefully I'm a, a better coach in 2020 than I, than I was in 2015 when I started. And I, I like to think that's it. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Now was your season in 2020 cut short due to the coronavirus or had it been over anyway? Oh, they ended the tournament, the IHSA tournament early. We had lost the, the week prior uh, in the regional championship. So, uh, unfortunately for us, our season was already over. Um, but they never got to finish our state tournament out and find a, a state champion. Ah, that stinks. Yeah. Assuming there will be a season in 2021, how do you think the squad's going to be? You know, it'll be fun. It'll be a, a fun team to coach. Uh, not a ton of returning uh, points per game. Uh, we graduated a lot of seniors and a lot of probably our three leading scores. But uh, again, I like I like the group that we have. I like the kids. Um, you know, we've got some some sophomore, junior that are going to play a lot. Got some seniors that are tough and, and basketball junkies that should play a ton. So it's it's going to be a good group to coach, and I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully, hopefully we do have a season here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and who knows, maybe there'll be a freshman like you at North Carolina. When you were a freshman, you ended up playing a lot and being really good. So maybe that'll happen for I, Brother I, Rice. That, yeah, if, if we can get a McDonald's All-American to come through Brother Rice again, I would uh, definitely take that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Bobby, I like to end the podcast with a couple fun questions. How does that sound to you? All right, yeah, let's roll. All right. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie, uh, probably Shawshank Redemption. If that's ever on TV, I watched that. I could probably recite every line from uh, Back to the Future one and two. Those are those are up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I'm going to go comedy, I'll probably stay Ace Ventura. So there's four, or yeah, three or four movies for you. Nice, all great movies. I agree though. Whenever Shawshank's on, I have to watch it too. Yeah, totally. All right. Next question: What is your favorite vacation spot? Um, whew, 
Um, I love Wilmington, North Carolina. That's you know, great. I have family there. I got, I got to... Yeah, I got to fall in love with that in college, going there to the beach. Um, but then outside of that, my family, we have a lake house in, like, southwest Michigan. Not on Lake Michigan, but uh, it's been a, you know, true cottage, you know, where I grew up with 20 other cousins going up there all the summer. And so that place is a very, very special place in my heart. Uh, that's great. Yeah. All right, last question. What is a hidden talent that you have? Wow, hidden talent that I have. Um, I'm probably, I'm like weirdly good with like music and mute, not music trivia, but like movie trivia. Or like if I hear a song, they're like, oh, what movie is it from? And then like tell people and everybody gets annoyed when I ask them that question because they never know, but like I know. So that, that that's probably one uh, dumb talent I guess I have. Nice. Hey, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I had a blast talking with you. You know, I watched your career when you were at UNC. It was, it's so great to talk to you. Yeah, no, I uh, appreciate you having me on, and uh, it was a lot of fun as well. All right, everyone. That was my chat with Bobby Fraser. I hope you enjoyed it. It was really cool to hear all about his playing days at North Carolina and now his coaching career. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.